This is me, your host of Miso Asian, where we dive deep and discuss topics and issues related to the Asian American experience. Stay tuned to learn a little bit more about me, the Hmong, and the inspiration behind Miso Asian. Shout out to Uncle Smiley for bringing my vision to life. Show him your love and support by checking him out on all of his social media under Uncle Smiley the DJ. All right, guys, I'm so excited for you to join me on this pilot episode where I introduce myself so you get to know me and the Hmong and the relationship with the United States and the inspiration behind Me So Asian. I'm a first generation American born citizen. My parents were born and are from Laos. Like many stories among the Hmong who resettle in America, my parents quickly found themselves as refugees when Saigon fell in 1975, thus ending the Vietnam War and beginning one of the largest refugee crises of its time and resettlement effort in American history. To give you a little bit of background, because the Vietnam War is so extensive and complex, if I was just to focus on that, we would be doing a whole season. So to start off, the Hmong is an ethnic group and nomadic tribe commonly found in the mountains throughout China and Southeast Asia. They were recruited and trained by the CIA as soldiers to fight against communism in Laos, which was officially a neutral country. This operation was part of what was known as a secret war. And as the name suggested, it was kept a secret from Americans back home and pretty much from the rest of the world who were not involved. This made Laos the most heavily bombed country. Because of the secret war, the Hmong became America's greatest and closest ally. It's important to make the distinction that the Hmong were not immigrants, but refugees and an American ally. It is a part of the Hmong's history, our people, our trauma, the sacrifices and their loss, and why we are here in America today. Unfortunately, many Americans today still do not know about the secret war and the Hmong people, and not enough teachers are teaching students this in American history classes. So throughout most of my life, I didn't see Hmong being mentioned in curriculums and textbooks, and I'm 34 right now. It wasn't until I was 26 that I saw it for the first time in my introduction to anthropology class. I do want to clarify that this is different from the first time I heard about the Hmong being taught in class, because when I was about 20 years old and just started going to college, I took a Vietnam War history class, and the professor himself was a Vietnam veteran, so he knew about the Hmong people, and he gave us time to speak about it from our perspectives as Hmong students. And one of the required reading that we had was an actual novel and not a textbook that mentioned about the Hmong people and their contribution to the Vietnam War. I believe the lack of 
education and awareness to this is part to the ignorance of a majority of Americans. And it's not saying that it's their fault because the U.S. government and CIA did purposely keep it away from the American people. I believe if Americans were aware that the CIA was allowing young boys to be recruited and trained to fight in the Vietnam War, many would have protested it and tried to stop it, along with the other protests that were already occurring in the United States. As a result, several Americans told me to go back to my country. And as a child, this makes no sense for me as I was born in America. This is my country. This is my home. And yes, I knew my parents were from Laos. I knew why they resettled in the United States. But a lot of my peers at the time didn't know this at all. And I would say that's still very much true to today. So I try to use every opportunity I can to educate others about the Hmong and the secret war and what happened during that time in the Vietnam War. I also witnessed my parents being made fun of because of their English speaking skills and being mistreated because of that, as if they were incapable. If I had to choose a word to describe what happened, the first word that comes to my mind is hurtful. Because this goes all the way back when Saigon fell in 1975. The Americans evacuated and pulled out, leaving the Hmong behind to fend for themselves and flee for their lives. Many of them were persecuted, hunted down, killed. Those who made it to the Mekwan River were considered lucky. Those who did not drown in the Mekwan River trying to cross over were even luckier. And those who actually made it across and into neighboring countries were the luckiest. I cannot imagine what it must have been like to be running through the jungle and leaving behind everything and everyone you've ever known with the few little items you were able to grab last minute. I cannot imagine losing loved ones along the way, and having to leave behind their bodies without a proper barrier and funeral. I cannot imagine what it must have been like to be unable to close your eyes at night and sleep peacefully because you didn't know if you were going to live or die the next minute. Sadly, it was a common experience that you just knew about and you heard as a kid growing up about the Hmong parents who lost their children along the way, whether it was due to being shot at in refugee camps where there was diseases or sickness or being overdosed with opium on accident to silence them from crying And giving away the location of everybody else, it was a fear, a sadness, a tragedy all around. So I cannot imagine the amount of strength and courage and resilience it took. Whatever little ounce of hope they had that they held on to, to allow them to survive and keep running through the jungle, and keep swimming across the Mekwan River. 
As for my parents, they lost three children before resettling in the United States. I'm not quite sure if all of them passed away before, during, or after the Vietnam War. I do know that some of the causes of death was just sickness due to poverty. When you look at everything that the Hmong has been through, not just the Vietnam War, but everything prior to that, there has been a lot of loss and war violence and tragedies and casualties. The Hmong people are definitely resilient in their own ways and rights. There's a persistent and determination in them to be their own people. And after surviving the war and making it to the United States, they still had to face the challenges of assimilating into American culture and society. Like many other Asian cultures, the Hmong culture is also a collective one. So I found myself in a lot of struggles and conflicts of interest because they were so opposite from each other. I'm sure a lot of Asian Americans can also relate to this when I say I didn't feel Asian enough, and yet I also didn't feel American enough. I think the best way of putting this for those who has never experienced this was it was similar to having an identity crisis. But at the age of a child, where you were constantly trying to figure out where you fit in to both of these cultures, because at home, the expectations were very different. To be a child, to be a Hmong child, sharing your opinion and voicing yourself in front of the elders and the OGs was just unheard of. Like we were told to go away. But at school, I ended up going to a predominantly white school from third grade until high school. The teachers were calling on me to share the answers and my opinion and to see what I think. And it was also weird and new and uncomfortable to be put in that position. So at school, I was seen as a shy person which I started facing when I began this school. But at home, I was one of the loudest, the craziest, and my energy level was just off the roof. Like I have no idea where that energy level came from. And so there was just different sides to me based on whatever culture I was in. There was this constant tug of war that I was experiencing from childhood all the way into my early adulthood years, so my early 20s, of just trying to figure out how to stay true to both of them, trying to make the best of both worlds fit for me. And this was an advice that one of my high school teacher gave me was I had the opportunity and the privilege to be a part of two very unique and distinct cultures, which allow me to be a pioneer of my own time and generation to start bringing the best of both worlds and making it to one, into my own. So like my teacher said, it's not like you have to pick and choose 
which culture to belong with, because you are both, and both of those define you. And from that point on, that's when I really starting to experience peace within me. So that's just a little bit about how it was like growing up with two different heritage, two different cultures, and what it was being Hmong, and some of the struggles and sacrifices that my parents and many like them experienced and went through. The Hmong history and the struggle in my childhood of trying to belong in both cultures played a role into the idea of me so Asian. The original idea actually came from 2017 when I had woke up from a nap and apparently the first thing I wanted to eat was mochi ice cream. So I took a picture with it and uploaded it on Facebook just for giggles. And my friend had commented on my picture saying that she never realized how Asian I look. I didn't take any offense to it. I kind of figured where she was coming from because we both serve in the Navy together. And so we're always in uniform. But I did reflect on what she said and then kind of just shoved that idea in the back of my head. Now, fast forward to 2020 when the pandemic hit and the increase of racism against Asians began to rose around the world and hate crimes did increase along with businesses facing problems as customers did not want to be in contact with them because they were Asians. So this not just got to me because I was Asian, but at the time, I just started my graduate program in social work, and we were discussing these kind of things, such as racism, diversity, prejudice, stereotypes. The school also shut down, and so I was basically, like a lot of students, just at home doing remote learning. In these moments that I was to myself and just following the news on whatever it is that's going on with COVID-19 along with Asians across the world and what has changed for them, I also started to join a lot of Facebook groups that was made for Asians by Asians and hearing the different stories that they had about the racism they experienced because of the pandemic and what it was like being an Asian who was either traveling abroad or just in everyday life. I wanted to create a outlet and safe space for Asian Americans to come together and to discuss these kind of things. Things that we weren't able to discuss and weren't discussed with us growing up. And it wasn't necessarily because our parents didn't know anything or didn't know better. Most of the time, it was just a language barrier, a cultural and generational gap. They themselves, too, were experiencing a lot of new things and still learning how to assimilate, still learning how to be a part of American society and culture. And so they were pioneers of their own time, and I was a pioneer of my own time. And when you have two parties who are just new at both things, whatever it is they were doing and learning, you can't really come and teach each other. You know, it's like, Having a new employee 
teach another new employee. That just wouldn't make any sense. So I believe my parents were trying to do what they thought was best in the best way that they knew how to do things, just like I was in my own ways. And we were just both pioneers and so new at this that there was a lot of resistance in between when I was growing up. But I also think that that was much needed for me to become the person I am, for my parents to become who they needed to be too, and for all of us to learn how to live and assimilate in both cultures. And my hope is that by creating this podcast, creating this space, we will be able to dive into these topics and issues and really bring forth how it also looks like in modern society. So with that, to just wrap everything up, follow me at Miso Asian if you haven't yet. Let me know what it is that you're interested in. We'd love to hear more about and talk about, and I'll try to make it happen for you. Until then, thank you again for joining me. Take care. Peace out.